हेलो एवरी वन माई नेम इज़ विकास अग्रवाल एंड आई एम द फाउंडर ऑफ ए आई एफ एंड पी एम एस एक्सपर्स इंडिया सो इनफैक्ट वी आर वन ऑफ द लार्जेस्ट प्लेटफॉर्म फॉर ऑल्टरनेट इन्वेस्टमेंट्स एंड पोर्टफोलियो मैनेजमेंट सर्विसेज यू नो सो वॉट वी एसेंशली डू एट ए आई एफ पी एम एस एक्सपर्स इंडिया इज़ वन वी आर इन टू डिस्ट्रीब्यूशन एंड एट द सेम टाइम वी ट्राई एंड एजुकेट ऑल आर इन्वेस्टर्स वी मेक दम अवेयर अबाउट वॉट्स हैपनिंग इन ऑल्टरनेट इन्वेस्टमेंट्स एज वेल एज पोर्टफोलियो मैनेजमेंट सर्विसेज so you know particularly if you look at aif ever since it got regulated in the year of 2011 12 that was the time when sebi regulated this uh, this piece is shaping up very well in india uh, when i say shaping up in the sense that when you look at the asset under management the total aif uh, uh, the total asset under management in aif has has reached to as high as 6 lakh crores uh, uh, you know uh, to my mind this is this is uh, growing uh, significantly in india and there are reasons for it in the sense that when you look at last 5 6 years of of the journey uh, you know you realize that there are lot of innovative products which are coming up uh, which is uh, which is basically uh, uh, sort of catering the need of the uh, ultra hnis and hni investors uh, when i say hni ultra hni because the minimum threshold here is uh, 1 crore you know in any if that you enter so broadly you have three different categories category 1 category 2 and category 3 yeah so at aif and pms experts india uh, we invite industry experts we try and read their mind uh, and always prefer to take uh, guidance from them in terms of what's happening so with me i have mr ankur jain from incred alternative investments uh, first of all ankur thank you so much for accepting our request and taking the time out from your busy schedule coming all the way from bombay and agreed to do this for our investors <laughs> thank you for inviting me right so well ankur uh, uh, let me just take a minute quickly to introduce <coughs> ankur well he brings about uh, close to 16 years of experience when it comes to investing in uh, indian uh, markets both both on the equity side as well as fixed income so out of 16 years he spent 6 years with large organizations like kkr which is like pioneer into a uh, sort of uh, you know uh, private equity space i would say is also worked with large organization like edelweiss where he played very very important role in terms of shaping up their alternate investment funds and uh, now he is working with incred uh, uh, you know he is he is basically a, a fund manager over there he is he studied he is a cfa uh, studied from uh, ikfi uh, university uh, and uh, out of 16 years as i said 6 years he spent in this industry particularly and uh, coming out with innovative products and scaling this up to the next level so what i thought is uh, you know uh, today i'll speak to him and try and simplify things for our investors what's happening on the fixed income space particularly so uh, this comes under category 2 aif so we'll talk about that so ankur uh, uh, you know let me start my first question and the format of the show is that i'll be asking you questions sure. on behalf of our investors because sure. Uh, you know we keep getting a lot of questions from their end uh, and because you are managing the fund so you have a better understanding about the process so first question is uh, how big the fixed income is because if you look at indian markets historically i mean as an indian we prefer to have savings hmm. therefore our saving rates are high and out of 100 rupees not to forget that 70 rupees is still in fixed income instruments in india yeah yeah so the in terms of market size is very big I want to hear from you. Uh, one, how big is the opportunity, and second, what is happening there? Hmm. Sure. Uh, very pertinent question, Vikas. Uh, 
See, I will start this with a global context in terms of how big is a fixed income market globally? What is it the what is it in India and what is the potential of this market? Uh, right. And and I will try to distill all of that into what is an opportunity for a regular Indian investor? How to play this opportunity? See, fixed income is a very very big market in a global context, and I will use a benchmark of a GDP for a country, um, developed economies or relatively bigger economies even in the emerging market subset mm-hmm. the debt market for them as compared to the gdp is roughly around 1.2 times okay. in india it is only 0.5 0.54 times so okay. that's the delta uh, of 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 market opportunity while of a 100 rupee of gdp for a global economy 120 rupees is fixed income in india it is only 54 rupees for a 100 rupees of gdp right so there is a full 100% potential for this market to grow so that's the size of fixed income who provides these kind of debt instruments in india 75 or more than 75% of this 54 rupees is currently controlled by banks or large nbfcs only 25% is market facing institutions which is your bond markets or your regular mutual funds in a in a debt mutual fund product so 75 25 so essentially you're saying that this money is into fixed income i'm in the fixed deposits so i'm saying who provides credit okay who provides this money so that these institutions can provide credit right. is the something which i will tell you later right so this 54 against 75 25 split between banks and bfc 75% and 25% by market facing institutions yeah. like a bond market or like a mutual fund market globally it is completely reversed 75% is market facing institutions and 25% is banks or their equivalent nbfcs and i'll tell you why this is the reason mm-hmm. why this market is structured the way it is structured in india it is because traditionally or historically india is a bank led market okay. where state bank of india or large public sector banks came in they started giving credit idbis of the world right. punjab national banks of the world right. and they are constrained with amount of equity that they can infuse or raise for them to do a onward lending right because indian regulations say that you ought to maintain certain debt and equity ratio so so if you can raise only 100 rupees you can then accordingly give credit of that much amount only right, right. so the indian credit market unfortunately was constrained by how much equity bank or nbfcs could raise that is a reason why it is a bank led market and a very small proportion as compared to global markets now coming to the investor side unfortunately because only 25% of the market is catered by market facing institutions that's why a regular investor like us has had only three options to invest into they can give money to these banks in the form of fd banks can use that money and then can do onward lending to deserving corporates right. option number 2 is they can park their savings into open ended mutual funds and option number 3 is they can participate into listed ncds which are coming from let's say hdfcs of the world or triple a categories corporates of the world so okay. these are the only three options that indian regular savers had to right. participate into this fixed income product i myself my family i know whoever i know all of them had invested into either of these three sub segments and our return expectation always used to be okay till the time it gives me 6% 7% i am okay because the alpha i was making was through my equity or my sips right i think this has changed um, 
now because this 25-75 split is 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 changing that 25% pie is now increasing banks in that sense is 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 in that sense have a lesser or lesser role in terms of giving more credit investors like us are getting more opportunities uh, fund houses like us are also providing innovative products hence investors now are getting flavor of innovative products and increasing yield even in this six seven percent bracket which they initially used to get right right so from an investor point of view see traditionally when you look at fixed income uh, products in india so first thing that any investor would do is to uh, uh, put money in fixed deposits hmm. with any of the bank hmm. more preferred uh, national banks I yeah, yeah. and then he would look at exploring other opportunities hmm. he would take next step and invest money in fixed income mutual funds correct now i want to hear from you uh, what are the differences like when somebody is investing say more than a crore in fixed income instruments or mm. uh, like mutual funds mm. and then you have AIF which is offering uh, 3 to 4% higher returns on an average mm -hmm. uh, uh, than mutual funds. So, uh, you know, the, the, the concern is that investors are really uh, worried if any instrument is offering higher yield it means it is supposed to be more riskier. Mm -hmm. So can you throw some more lights on yeah, that? Absolutely, good question. Uh, because I mean, if I'm a regular investor, I will also think the same way. If I have to invest my own parents' money, I will also think where should I park that money? Should I park this into a fixed income product or a, or a FD which is, which, is, which, which is provided by a bank? Or should I, explore their, should I explore some portfolio diversification into relatively riskier assets? Right. Uh, which AIF is perceived to have. Fair, it's risky, uh, but if you just look at the amount of returns pickup that they can make on a risk-adjusted basis, I think that's a that's a good risk to take. Risk not necessarily is always bad. Mm -hmm. On a risk-adjusted basis, I think it's a good risk to take because the yield pickup that you get for the small portion of portfolio diversification that you're making for fixed income is pretty high. I'll just give you an example. Uh, I'll pick up pick up the number which you said a fixed deposit which gives you a anywhere between 5 to 7% returns. Right. You would say, okay, it's less risky because they are bank, they will not default. When you need money in a 24, 36, 48 months, they will give the money. They will honor their obligation. Right. What is AIF? AIF is a portfolio which a, an educated, a skilled portfolio manager has created for you, which does not have single investment. It has maybe 10 maybe 50 investments underlying investments and all of them aggregate are giving you on an average 300 400 basis points more return right what is the risk that you have added yes what you have added is a risk of not giving money to a bank but giving money to a corporate through this portfolio but you're not given money to one portfolio one, one, one corporate you are given money to anywhere between 10 to 50 portfolio companies right so what is the probability that all 50 will default? What is the probability that 10 out of the 50 will default? I think probability is very, very low. Right. So from an investor perspective, I would say if, if someone think about what is the extra risk that they're taking, I think the unit of risk that they're taking for the 300, 400 basis points more return is minuscule and it's a good risk to have. I think the data is in front of us, as Vikas was saying, the category of AIF has grown tremendously. 6 lakh crore mutual fund industry AUM is 40 lakh crores right. and it's been there for last 20 years 
versus this category is really coming into being in last 4-5 years. Right. And still against 40 lakhs, they have already reached 60 lakhs, uh, 6 lakhs and, and growing by 30-40 percentage every year. So, so I think this is something which investors have started understanding. Educated sure. financial advisors who eventually give advice to their investors are understanding and hence there is an acceptability which is increasing. Mm -hmm. So I would say don't look at only risk, don't look at only return, just think about risk adjusted return, you will think that the equation is beneficial for the investor to invest into this category. Right, right. So there are a couple of questions from uh, on behalf of our investor that I am asking you. Mm -hmm. So. You know, uh, why should an investor think about investing into fixed income when they already have such diverse option of for investing on the equity side? Yeah. And equity cult is shaping up very well in India. Like you saw, we had three and a half crores of DMAT account before COVID. And today we have more than 11 crores of uh, DMAT account. Mm. Uh, you know, so that number clearly indicates that equity cult is... Uh, is, is is the beginning of era where it is it is uh, becoming more of equity uh, culture anybody is looking at investing in equities so what is your take on that see because i don't think so that any investor should think about debt versus equity i think everyone from their portfolio perspective i do it for myself i do it for my parents i do it for or advice to whoever friend asks me for an advice everyone should think about their portfolio construction from a debt and equity perspective uh, no one is saying if your risk profile finally suggests you ought to have a 70-30 debt or sorry equity debt mix, uh -huh. you should change that. I think for the 30% portfolio allocation which your risk profile suggests should be investing into fixed income, I think there are many options which you should be exploring. So, so this argument, the way I would answer this argument is only for the 30% of your portfolio allocation which ought to go into fixed income, you should explore these AIFs as an option. For the 70% equity allocation that you have, don't change that because that is basis your risk profile. Right. That is basis your life needs. Right. There you can think about regular mutual funds or AIFs or PMS on the equity side. But on that 30% the debt or fixed income allocation, there you should diversify away from our vanilla fixed deposit offered by a bank to these AIFs because these AIFs actually give you a better risk adjusted return, which I just said. Right, right. Uh, but you know where the concern is we saw during 2018-19 times you know when of course the demon happened and there were a couple of other reforms undertaken by Modi government in terms of RERA implementation, GST implementation. Uh, that was a time when your economy was uh, I would say hospitalized to large yeah. extent. But at the same time we saw major defaults happening. Mm -hmm. People lost money in DHFL. Uh, there were many incidents. I don't want to talk about that. Now, that is where investors are a little concerned mm -hmm. because in fixed income, once the money is gone, it is gone forever, unlike equity where there are possibility that it can yeah. bounce back. So, when you manage the portfolio, how do you handle this situation, this kind of uh, scenario? It's a very good question because, uh, uh, so I personally had all my life savings into Yes Bank and Yes Bank froze one day. So, I know when your liquidity is stopped, Equity markets don't stop, right? I mean, right. I mean, you have a trigger, you can sell and generate liquidity. Yes. But into fixed income, yes, in, in a way, illiquidity matters or illiquidity is one of the factors for an investor. So I can totally understand where this question comes from and why investors should think about it. Right. Uh, see, unlike equity, where you're always thinking about return maximization, in a debt investing, you should always think about risk. Because as you said, 
रिटर्न्स आर कैप्ड इफ आई हैव गिवन लोन टू अ कंपनी इफ आई एम अर्निंग फोर्टीन परसेंट रेट ऑफ इंटरेस्ट दैट कंपनी बिकम्स अ हंड्रेड मिलियन डॉलर कंपनी और अ वन हंड्रेड ट्रिलियन डॉलर कंपनी आई एम गोइंग टू मेक ओनली दैट फोर्टीन परसेंट रिटर्न माई फॉर्च्यूनस आर नॉट लिंक्ड टू हाउ मच कंपनी इज ग्रोइंग सो इफ माई रिटर्न आर कैप्ड आई शुड बी वेरी वरीड अबाउट इफ दैट रिटर्न डज नॉट कम टू मी सो सो वॉट वी डिप्लॉय एज आई सेट इफ यू आर डिवर्सिफाइंग योर सेल्फ इन टू द स्पेशलाइज स्ट्रैटेजीज ऑफ ए आई एफ फ्रॉम योर रेगुलर एफ डी इन्वेस्टमेंट्स यू शुड ऑलवेज थिंक अबाउट वॉट इज अ रिस्क मैनेजमेंट पॉलिसी ऑफ दैट ए आई एफ वेर एम आई इन्वेस्टिंग इन टू वॉट इफ दिस थिंग गोज बैड वॉट आर द वेरियस थिंग्स दैट द ए आई एफ कैन डू फ्रॉम लेट्स ए इट्स ओन स्ट्रक्चर परस्पेक्टिव फ्रॉम इट्स कॉन्ट्रेक्चुअल राइट्स परस्पेक्टिव एंड एंड दिस इज नॉट समथिंग विच एन इन्वेस्टर हैज टू बी एक्सट्रीमली एजुकेटेड एंड इन्वेस्टर हैज टू बी टेक्निकली वेरी सैवी टू अंडरस्टैंड दिस वी डिप्लॉय एज फिक्सड इनकम इन्वेस्टर्स वी डिप्लॉय टू थिंग्स फॉर अस टू गेट कंफर्टेबल अराउंड ऑन एन ओवरऑल पोर्टफोलियो बेसिस एम आई रिड्यूसिंग रिस्क और एम आई इंक्रीजिंग रिस्क वन इज हाउ ग्रैनुलर माई पोर्टफोलियो इज एंड आई एम गोइंग टू मेक दिस लाइक आई मीन आई एम गोइंग टू एम्फोसाइज दिस टर्म इन एक्विटी ऑल ऑफ अस अंडरस्टैंड पोजिशन साइजिंग सिमिलर थिंग अप्लाइज इवन इन टू फिक्स इनकम वेयर माई ग्रैनुलरिटी और पोजिशन साइजिंग इज एब्सोल्यूट इंपॉर्टेंट माई सिंगल पोर्टफोलियो एक्सपोजर शुड नॉट क्रॉस टू परसेंट थ्री परसेंट फाइव परसेंट ऑफ माई ओवरऑल पोर्टफोलियो वाइज दैट बिकॉज इफ समथिंग डिफॉल्ट विच हैज हैपन इन टू थाउजेंड एटीन टू थाउजेंड नाइनटीन ओनली फाइव परसेंट ऑफ माई पोर्टफोलियो इज डिफॉल्ट राइट रिमेनिंग नाइन्टी फाइव परसेंट ऑफ द पोर्टफोलियो स्टिल इज अर्निंग दट मच ऑफ रिटर्न दैट इज पॉइंट नंबर वन पॉइंट नंबर टू इज वाई शुड आई इवन लूज मनी इन दैट फाइव परसेंट आई एम अ डेट होल्डर राइट I'm not an equity where uh, if equity value goes up and down, my portfolio should go up and down. I should be getting my returns. So what we also as a fixed income investors do is we take regular interest or cash flows. It's a fixed income product, right? So in a, in your FD you get monthly interest. Right. Similar should be should be here even the, even even in this kind of a category of investing. So so every month we take amortizations or principal repayments, and every month we take coupon payments. So as a result of which, what happens is six months or twelve months into your portfolio, probably you have already realized forty percent of your position back. I'm talking only about that five percent which can potentially go bad. So a combination of position sizing of a very small percentage, like a single deal should not cross X percent of your portfolio, and even that deal is giving you monthly coupons, which means at the time that default happens or a credit event happens. my single deal has become so meaningless into my portfolio that on a portfolio basis my ira does not get impacted significantly so i think these are the two things which we as fixed income investors do a lot to safeguards investor interest into the fund and uh, i think people should realize this is exactly what had happened in franklin templeton yeah if someone had invested into dhfl bond or ilfs bond and i'm taking specific name just because they are in public domain right so some of these big large nbfcs who defaulted investors who had exposure only in those bonds they got hit versus the same investor who had invested into franklin templeton mutual fund underlying one or two three portfolio companies defaulted but still on a portfolio level invested investors got their full money back and some returns also back so that's a power of a portfolio versus let's say single name exposure right So what is the disclaimer here is that whatever company names that we are taking is just for the example purpose and uh, you know it's not an advice for you all to invest in fact AIF is supposed to be a private placement so please consult our team uh, you know before you take any decision on that now coming back to you know uh, uh, one more there are couple of more questions quickly uh, you know 
we there were there were there were industry experts who were in i remember in 2001 two times they were saying that is going to be a big bull run in equity markets yeah i am getting the similar feedback from some of the large portfolio managers on the fixed income that they are saying that this is the time for fixed income mm mm-hmm. and it's a new beginning new era where fixed income is likely to become very large and investors are likely to get more benefit yeah so because you are into this game you've been doing this uh, uh what's the feedback that you're getting from 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 the company so because, that you're giving uh, money to absolutely same uh, uh, feeling that even i have personally as a as a professional who is uh, participating in this market uh what in 2002 was for equity markets in this country is what 2023 is for fixed income investing in this country now the reasons for that uh, uh a innovation is happening into this industry no longer investors regular investor only has fixed deposits or some listed ncds as an investment option they can now explore aifs specialized portfolio or private pools of capital for investing uh, uh no longer they are only constrained by open ended mutual funds for them to park their money they can do these closed ended aifs to invest into so product innovation is one reason why this industry is set to become very very big second is i think the entire ecosystem of this uh, debt investing is is improving and maturing uh uh because uh, see what as a lender i am most concerned about my money what as a lender as a result i should be most concerned about is what are my contractual rights i think starting 2016 the way indian judiciary and legal system has improved specifically for lenders i think this gives me as an investor a strong solid conviction that if i lend my money to someone i have a wherewithal to recover that money in situations where that borrower is facing some stress so this entire ecosystem is strengthening because of which we feel confident that we should advise our investors or clients to invest into these strategies point number 2 point number 3 is 3 is the participants are becoming savvy 5 <clears throat> years 7 years 10 years back if i were to lend i ought to be owning a nbfc or i ought to be becoming a bank then only right. i can lend right i'll be lending alongside a state bank of india or a, or a, or a psu bank now foreign investors are coming aifs like us are coming so sophisticated financial investors are coming two or three of such sophisticated investors can actually give loan to a company mm-hmm. all of us knows how contract works all of us know how we should be negotiating a contract or a covenant with a company how should we be tracking it how should we doing a diligence on the company so this entire ecosystem is in that sense becoming savvy combination of all of that is a benefit to the investor for a regular investor because now they see a lot of new ideas which are coming lot of different sub asset classes or strategies which are getting created by fund houses right so you are saying that uh, markets are opening up i mean good number of players have entered already and therefore we see lot of opportunities in the fixed income uh, excellent so now coming back to this question so in aif category 2 mm. of uh, fixed income instruments and yeah. you have some open ended funds and you have some closed ended funds correct so as an investor uh, what should i choose hmm see again i would disclaim the answer which i'm going to give by that you should be in, give taking independent advice from your financial advisor because every client would have a unique need uh 
the biggest difference between a regular options that an investor possesses currently versus an AIF is that the regular options are open-ended in that sense. So you give money. If your liquidity demand need is there, you can get that money back, which is a mutual fund format. Right. Uh, versus a category two AIF is in that sense a close-ended product. If you have committed money to that strategy, you are committed for the tenor of the fund. You are going to get interim liquidity, but in the form of regular distributions, which the fund is going to give. But you can't simply say that I need all of my money back because that's the nature of the product. So the biggest difference is illiquidity or the liquidity risk that you entail or add to your portfolio by choosing a close-ended over an open-ended. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that gets reflected into the returns also. We started this conversation by saying that your regular products give you anywhere between 5 to 7% kind of a return. Right. We started the conversation by saying that these kind of AIF products give you at least 300 to 400 basis points on an average depending, depending on, on what strategy. So just think about it and again that's why, I'm say that's why I said it's very very individual investors call how much price do they want to put to their illiquidity or the liquidity need. If from their portfolio perspective, overall portfolio perspective, their liquidity needs are not huge. They should actually choose latter. I would do that personally for my for, for my own portfolio. A small portion of my portfolio ought to remain into illiquid assets right. so that I can generate that kind of alpha over a regular right. on tap liquidity kind of products. And uh, and the numbers are there to be seen. I mean, the AIF market has become six lakh crores in a short span of few years. Right. So so a lot of investors who don't have genuine liquidity need on every month, they should be opting for this, this kind of a category. I'll just add because one more yeah, thing yeah, to sure, this. Please. There are a lot of innovation which is happening within this category to close-ended products. There are a lot of funds who are giving regular monthly coupon distributions to the investors. Mm -hmm. So so there could be a hybrid mix and match where you're committing capital for a tenor of the fund, but on a monthly basis you're getting regular coupons. So 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 in that sense, your money is really not logged in for the period of time you are you are making getting monthly kind of a cash flow yield from the portfolio so you get both best of both the worlds where you get alpha pickup higher yield right. as well as regular cash distributions so maybe should investors should think about uh, those kind of hybrid AIFs also right so in a way I would say that if you have a liquidity and overall if your portfolio size gives you permission then you should make a healthy combination of some amount in open-ended and then try to close some because there that's where your yield uh, can go up a bit that's correct know? so that's where you get a kicker and here uh, so generally these uh, you know the AIFs that incred uh, so you have a bank you know NBFC and that you're running in there also you're lending money to corporates and then you have uh, uh, asset management piece uh, where you have PMSS and then you <coughs> have now this alternative mm -hmm. uh, uh, company so uh, how I mean are you all aligned and in sync with each other in terms of working can you talk to us about your group how you function and how do you judge these companies before you lend money to them absolutely so so every each one of these uh, uh, verticals which because you mentioned have a different mandate and a different strategy NBFC for Incred is a retail NBFC uh, where where we have various business lines starting from personal loans, starting from education loans, to retail loans, to small business loans. So the strategy there is giving small amount quantum of money and diversifying the portfolio as much as possible. 
AMC is an equity strategy in that sense from the investing standpoint. There we manages we manage clients' money for investing into equity. And the alternative is a platform which we have created and, and the credit fund that we have created with a specific mandate to identify slightly larger companies uh, uh, and, and giving them money which is larger than what our NBFC can give. So I would say the investment mandate and the strategies are very different. However, one thing which is common across all of this is just like any other large group, we get group benefit or synergies. Considering we have our we have our, our businesses into various activities, we get a lot of let's say ecosystem benefit arising. So a, a credit fund can basically get a benefit because my NBFC might be in touch with that borrower. They would have been giving them some other kind of financing. So I can get a credit check from them. Similarly, my AMC might be might be invested into some of the equity of that company uh, or that industry. Uh, and, and I can definitely get their views around how this industry is shaping up. What is their view on that specific industry? For confidentiality reasons, we never discuss single names or individual situations, but at least I can get their knowledge transfer on industry as a whole. So, 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 so I would say we get benefit or synergy out of the entire ecosystem that Incred has. Right, right. Why am I asking this question is so, so you, uh, is there a situation that you have come across where you saw that your NBFC is already given money to few companies and then the similar sort of proposal would have come to you? How do you deal to that? Absolutely. Right? We deal with, with that situation fairly regularly. Uh, uh, and I think it's more of a conflict point in terms of how do you decide what is the right thing Actually, to do. Actually, I think this is very set. there is a very easy way out of this is... Uh, um, on the NBFC, we have proprietary capital versus in our fund, we have fiduciary responsibility. Uh, we never deal in a situation where someone has given money over the other. What I, what I meant to say is, if NBFC has an exposure, if the same proposal or same corporate come to us in the fund and say, I also need money. My money, if my fund likes that deal, my money should not repay my NBFC. Right. Point number one. Point number two is securities can't be different. That's exactly the point which I wanted to ask. And securities cannot be different. If NBFC has a specific security, fund cannot have a superior or inferior right. security. Right. They should be pari in nature. That's right. a two-way in terms of you can manage or avoid conflict. But I don't think so that it's fair on that corporate to say that my NBFC is lent, fund should not be looking at it because that's not fair on the fund's investors also. If that opportunity is good, why should not? Why should, why should, why should the... Client should not get exposed to that company. Right, right. But we manage the conflict by saying that repayment should not happen with each other's money. And second, the security cannot be different. Right. If these two things are managed, then I mean, it's an independent risk reward call that both these platforms are taking. Right. right. I also wanted to ask about your promoter. So, uh, you know, they bring a lot of credibility when it comes to their overall experience and legacy they've created. So what I wanted to ask you is, what is their involvement? Are they involved in these businesses that you all run? Mm -hmm. Or they've just given money and then given complete empowerment to each of the departments to run the way they want to run? Uh, can you throw some more light? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'll take specific examples of uh, two of our co-founders, Bupinder Singh, who is a group, group CFO, group CEO, and uh, Saurabh Chalaria, who heads one of the large component of our NBF. Ankur, what I wanted to know is, you know, your promoter brings about more than 50 years of experience yeah. put together. A well-known name in the industry. What are their roles in the organization? Like, are they fully involved in the business in terms of taking day-to-day -day decisions? 
or they are uh, sort of uh, they've come as an investor and give them empowerment to each of the HODs and then they in turn run the business. So how sure. is it? Sure. So I will specifically take two names, uh, Mr. Bupender Singh, who is a group CEO yeah, of Incred yeah. Group and uh, Saurabh Jalaria, again a co-founder for Incred and he manages one of the most significant portion of the NBFC's loan book. Right. Um, so Saurabh, I'll take, I'll, I'll go with Saurabh first. Saurabh, sure. Saurabh brings more than 20 years of fixed income stroke credit investing background mm -hmm. globally. So he has been doing this business for Deutsche Bank. Uh, uh, sitting out of the Singapore office, Hong Kong office and India office. So in that sense, he has seen global, ex he has global experience and he has seen many cycles. Right. How, when India was not even in that sense, such mature economy and from there till now. So he has seen how the regulatory changes have happened, how the borrower behaviors have happened, how the structures have evolved and at least two to three years, two to three cycle experience. Right. So he is a chief investment officer for the fund. Uh, 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 so he's fully involved in the business. So he is fully involved from whenever we as a team look at any credit proposal, we made make up our mind. We have to run it past him before before we decides which way we have to go. Do we have to negotiate further? Do we have to invest into his? So, so you have an added advantage of talking to him and taking absolutely, his views. Absolutely. Uh, Bhupi, I would say, is more on the governance standpoint. Yeah. Uh, Anything that we invest into from the fund standpoint mm -hmm. has to be approved by an investment committee. Okay. Bhubi is uh, the investment committee member. Sure. So his involvement is not day to day, sure. but he has to approve every transaction. Right. We will, from the fund perspective, not do even a single deal before Bhubi says yes. Mm -hmm. Because that's a mandate of an investment committee. Right, right. Uh, so Saurabh, I would say relatively day to day management. Bhupi, not day-to-day -day management, but the most critical role. Without, without his approval, right. he will, we will not, we will not it's get. It's more of a teamwork, is it? It's yeah. more of a teamwork. And we have strategically positioned ourselves in this manner so that we get the best of everyone's time and experience zone. Right. Uh, 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 from Bhupi, we get strategic view. From Bhupi, we get final decision making. With Saurav, we get a day-to-day -day view uh, because his involvement, involvement is more around analytics, deal structuring, how to covenant or put documentation around so all of that so strategically we have used our our, our co-founders uh, uh, experience as well as their bandwidth on the fund right great great ankur it was pleasure talking to you uh, thank you once again you thank you very much lot of insights about uh, this investing i'm sure is going to add a lot of value to our investors because uh, the idea is to simplify things because when when it comes to ai particularly category 2 lot of investors out there don't know much about it and mm -hmm. I'm sure they are equally keen to know what's happening in the fixed income space and you've really clarified that points very well uh, and also how to take the advantage of these AIFs and new innovative products which are coming up under the AIF platform particularly in the fixed income space. Yeah. Yeah. So next time uh, dear investors next time when you invest in fixed income especially in AIFs do remember that uh, you have another category which is emerging very well and do consider, do take the time out and at least try and understand, uh, read, uh, read as much as possible about that. In case you need our assistance, please reach out to my team. Uh, we will help you uh, provide all the details. In case you wish to speak to Ankur for his products, probably we'll line up your meeting with him. So thank you so much. Thank you.